Afghanistan is going through perhaps one of the most critical phases in its history today. The last month, May 2021, has been a particularly bloody month. And the situation politically and for the people is becoming more unstable and volatile. The Taliban is taking full advantage of the impending drawdown of US forces, which will be completed by September of this year. And they are on course, slowly and steadily taking over district after district within Afghanistan. However, the Taliban have said very little to reassure the public that they have changed from the extreme views which they held earlier. Now, along with the ongoing insurgency, Afghanistan is also grappling, as of now, with the COVID crisis, which has added on to their economic woes. So we are seeing a stage now where a country is grappling in uh, terrorism, insurgency, there is political instability, and there is also a pandemic raging within the country. To speak on the issue, we are deeply honored to have with us today, Ms. Nahid Farid, who is a member of the Afghan parliament. Elected at the age of 27, she is perhaps one of the youngest elected members in the nation's history. She focuses on engaging Afghan youth and women in the nation's political process, in rebuilding Afghanistan, and advocates for reduction of gender-based violence and human rights violations against women, and for expanded access to them in education and employment. So welcome, Ms. Farid. Thank you so much for having me. Let me start with the, you know, um, asking you to share with, your, with our viewers, what is your personal experience as a woman who is holding a political and public uh, office in an extraordinarily complex, volatile environment? What are your views or what is your experience? Thank you so much. Uh, so this experience is not just my experience, it's experience of the uh, majority of women in Afghanistan. Afghanistan as a territory that um, ranked as one of the most violated geographies in the world. The worst place for women, based on the global index um, uh, of terrorism, uh, which is an organization, uh, is not a good place for women. Because women have uh, difficulty accessing to your, their basic needs, basic rights, having a difficulty to work, to study outside home and forget about being in the public service or in the parliament. Being a woman in that territory, in that society is difficult. Uh, representative of that, that, uh, that uh, woman, that they have this kind of situation. I have the pleasure that I got elected to do two elections to represent that uh, amazing uh, people, amazing women that Within all this hardship, they continue to live, uh, they continue to uh, shine in the, in the country, they continue to become engineers, doctors, ministers, uh, pilots, um, cybersecurity experts. They, we have women in all areas that they uh, have been uh, extraordinary. So. Uh, living in Afghanistan is difficult, but when you promise to yourself that you are an agent for change, and you promise to yourself that you make a difference in a society that needs you, 
then forget about the impediments and barriers. You go forward and I see the enthusiasm among my followers, my people, that they back me, they support me, and that gives me a lot of energy to move forward. How do you see the peace process actually panning out in the days to come? You know, the, the peace process that we have right now, um, um, it has uh, so many challenges. One of the challenges is that Taliban are not agreeing on, on fundamentals uh, of uh, a negotiation to happen. Um, for example, accepting the ceasefire. For example, um, reduction of the violence that we we just um, uh, give as a, as the as the preconditions to start the the, the peace talks. Um, and the the government that Taliban won, the Emirates of of Taliban, won't be accepted by the people of Afghanistan. We we call the constitution. Uh, in one side and Taliban in the other side. And we forget the 30 millions of people of Afghanistan. We forget 70% of the country that are youths. We forget 50% of the country that are women. That these are the forces that will bring change in the future of the country, not Taliban. We forget them and we just ignore them and we say Taliban won Islamic Emirate. And the ideology of Taliban, I believe, is just a just a cover. Taliban are the tools that are directed by state sponsorship terrorism that is backing by Pakistan and other um, players that they are backing Taliban to destabilize the country. And forget about the ideology. Do you remember the time that they said that they fight because they want to remove international forces from Afghanistan. After signing the deal with the United States, they said that they will continue fighting against Afghan soldiers, but they will stop fighting against US soldiers. If they had the ideology that their jihad is a holy jihad against international forces and United States forces, why it happened in a sign, in, a, in an agreement? Why it changed? So. Taliban ideology is just a cover. In the back of that, there is a group that is misused by Pakistan to destabilize Afghanistan because Pakistan thinks Afghanistan is a strategic debt for them. Um, and if they, they lose in that war, Pakistan will lose. If Taliban win, Pakistan will win. Let me just add on to this another question, on to yes. this particular question. Let, let us say theoretically if the Taliban actually takes over the country, do you foresee a large percentage of youth, the young, who do not like this form of rule or control by the Taliban, actually rising up against the Taliban? If you conduct a polling or a survey and ask the people of Afghanistan, forget about their age or their gender, people don't like Taliban. They don't want the country to go back to the darkness of the regime that they had in, in Afghanistan. Because we experienced how, um, how they ruled, the suppression, the uh, limitations that they had on the people of Afghanistan. That's why if even if Taliban rule, if Taliban rule, that I don't see that 
in my analysis, even if that happens, they can't, they may take the power, but they cannot keep it because people don't like them. They're not popular. People don't love them. Yes, if there is a new government that gives the promises that beside of the security, they will provide basics of the rights of the people and citizens of Afghanistan. Beside of security, they will also provide development, access to education, access to health, access to basic needs, basic rights, infrastructure, development. That's the government people will accept, even if Taliban are, are promising that. People will accept that. But if a government bring country to the backwardness, the darkness of Taliban regime, it won't last. Now, let me give another theoretical proposition. Let us say that the present government of Pakistan and the Taliban actually come up to a workable solution of forming a government together. So obviously certain compromises will have to be made by the Taliban and also by the government. What do you think those compromises will be? Just taking a, a simple theoretical case that uh, they have actually come and agreed to work together. I would think that there will be a division of the power within the uh, different powers of the uh, Afghanistan state, the legislature, the executive, and also the judiciary. So Taliban would definitely be interested in judiciary system of Afghanistan to rule. Taliban would be interested in some uh, cabinet membership. They would be interested in having membership in Afghanistan parliament. And that was a kind of proposal that uh, proposed by, by special representative of United States uh, Mr. Zalmay Khalilzad, with different um, options. Um, I think that would be the face of the um, political settlement that we would have if Taliban agree and if government of Afghanistan also agree. But how it works, that's another scenario. How how Taliban keep the promises, how Pakistan keep the promises, how regional players will see themselves in that deal. Um, that also is very important. Who is going to make Taliban accountable? Who is going to uh, implement the deal? Uh, is there any government that is a kind of interim government that both parties agree or not. These are all too many things, take a long, a lot of time, a long time to, to, to work on them, to bring this into the action. It takes a lot of efforts, and, and, and I, I think we have to foresee this just, just uh, not as an overnight um, activity but it's a solution that uh, needs a process, a process to happen. So what you're really suggesting is it'll take time. If it has to come across, it will evolve over a period of years, but there is a possibility of it evolving. Okay. Now, I think let me move on to specifically the gender issues. 
because I think this is very important. When you see photographs of the 1950s and the 60s and you see those uh, young Afghan women, uh, I think it was something which made everybody very proud to see the way they were. And then, of course, exactly. the, uh, the suppression of women took place, which really reached a very, very low levels during the Taliban period. Now, there is uh, post-2001, gradual changes took place. You know, the female child started getting emancipated, education started, and it is a totally different world now. So obviously, the women and the young girls will not try to get back into that, uh, into that period, or, or say, which really um, was abysmal during the 1990s. But do you foresee that happening should the Taliban come into power? I give you an example. The baby girl that born in 2001 is 20 years old now. Lived in a totally different situation. Like me, she doesn't have the experience of living under Taliban oppression. That baby girl is the majority now. And bringing that generation back to the darkness of Taliban, they won't accept that. They won't accept that. And if they don't accept, we cannot ignore them. They are not just one, two, three people. They are not just a group. They are not just a party. They are the reality of the country. We cannot ignore the reality. And um, even if Taliban come to power, they have to accept the new Afghanistan. They have to accept the new generation. They have to accept the women's rights. Afghanistan is an Islamic country. Uh, under the constitution of Afghanistan, we, nothing in Afghanistan can happen against uh, Islam. The legal procedure is based on the Islam. The Islamic procedure is based on the Islam. Everything is based on the Islam. And we are practicing coexistence that is in Islam. Okay? And if Taliban are having their own interpretation, they can have their own interpretation, but we are not buying it. The new Afghanistan cannot be the Afghanistan that they uh, want due to their own interpretation about Islam. Daesh also say that there is a Islam that they interpret. But who buying it? That's the issue that is very important that uh, based on that kind of um, picture that Taliban have, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't fit such a such a big history and country, such a uh, country with so much of pride into that very small uh, interpretation that Taliban has. We cannot, we cannot fit that. It's, it's not possible. So basically, despite the fact that the Taliban will have the guns, I'm taking the theoretical proposition that they actually come into power, that they have the guns, they will not be able to enforce their dictates on the women. Is that what you're trying to say? And there will be a resistance should they do so. When Taliban come to um, the peace process, they have to put their guns, okay? If they want to continue to fight, we fight. Okay. Okay? Because if Taliban think that they can take the country, they can capture the country and the provinces by force, we also fight against them. The Afghanistan army 
a very capable army that we have uh, in the number is very bigger than Taliban in the abilities and capabilities way bigger than Taliban we will fight we will continue this fight if Taliban think that they continue this war this war will continue and they they have the choose they, they have the option they can they have to choose among these two options continue a bloody war or coming to a compromise now getting back to the Afghan national security forces uh, I personally uh, being a military man I have no doubts that they have the capability and the competence and the leadership to take on the Taliban so I have no doubts about that but there's a fundamental problem as far as the Afghan National Security Forces is concerned, and that is financing the forces. So do you feel that uh, the uh, post the drawdown of the U.S. forces, the, the level of support from the European countries and, um, and from the United States, the financial support uh, in terms of simply giving money, will that be forthcoming for the Afghan government to maintain these, this level of forces? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, Afghanistan GDP is not in that level that we can finance Afghan national security forces. Uh, that's why um, our international allies, including United States, promised to, um, to finance the, the basics, the salary, to keep the same, the same uh, amount on the same level of the support, of financial support of Afghanistan National Army. And uh, from that point of view, uh, Afghanistan um, doesn't have any concern. The concerns that I have as a parliamentarian, as a member of parliament, representing of the people, uh, is that how uh, we back Afghanistan army, how we back them, how we support them, how we moralize them, how we give them the uh, enough uh, equipment, how we give them enough intelligence. Um, they are the most faithful ally, yes. the most faithful ally of, of the values uh, of the countries like India, right? Because they are fighting against uh, international terrorism. But the same terrorist groups, Al-Qaeda groups, that threats your values, your souls as Indians. So that's the most faithful ally of United States, or India, of Afghan people, but they don't receive enough, enough support. We need, the, we need the moral for them. We need the equipments for them. We need more intelligence ability for them to, cap, to, to give them uh, to the devices that they can fight. Because when violence elevated, when Taliban use all the leverages, to um, have the offensive war all, all over the country. When Taliban tried to capture a few provinces because they want to show that they have the ability to, to capture Afghanistan after the withdrawal of United States, we have to give enough um, moral and ability to Afghan security forces who are the patriots, who are uh, fighting in the worst areas, in the worst situation, some areas that they don't have enough food even, they fight. And we are backing them, we are so proud of them, they are patriots of the country, and they will be reminded in the history of Afghanistan. 
Right. Now we'll come to the role of uh, uh, certain international players. Uh, specifically, I want to ask you, how do you see Pakistan and China, uh, their role in the peace process? I won't ask about Iran because that is fairly well known. But these are the actors of concern, Pakistan and China. And how does that uh, fit in with what the US interests are in actually getting out of the region? There is no doubt Afghanistan is experiencing a proxy war because we have different intelligence groups that are backing different uh, groups of, of insurgents in, inside of the country. Uh, but the biggest one is Taliban that is backing by Pakistan. And they continue to, um, to destroy the souls, they, to destroy Afghanistan's new Afghanistan's face. And uh, I think China is, is backing Pakistan. And uh, unfortunately, they don't have a, a, a constructive role so far in Afghanistan uh, development and in Afghanistan situation, which is uh, very disappointing. You know why? Because uh, disabled Afghanistan, uh, uh, destroyed Afghanistan uh, is not in favor of China, is not in favor of Pakistan either. But they, they have a short-sighted policy, unfortunately. Uh, a regional policy that all players can see themselves in the benefit of a peaceful Afghanistan um, can bring a lot of prosperity to the region. They can, they can benefit from it. China can benefit from a peaceful Afghanistan when they have Belt and Road Project, when they have Silk Road Project, when they want to get connected to European countries. Afghanistan is, is, the, is the shortest way, the best way to, and the historical way to connect China, to connect Central Asia, to connect Pakistan, to connect India, to connect South Asian uh, countries to the European countries. And that's unfortunate that this kind of uh, policies jeopardize the future. Uh, you know, you put that very well because ultimately Afghanistan uh, was talked as the great roundabout that if you had to cross over, you had to go through Afghanistan. So it'll be to everybody's interest that we have peace and stability exactly. in Afghanistan. Exactly. That's the narrative uh, that, that we have to bring. I, think, that, I mean, yes. the security narrative doesn't work. We have to bring economic narrative. The economic narrative is the one which will work. Now, finally, my last question. Sure. What opposed the drawdown of the U.S. forces? What role do you expect India to What role does Afghanistan expect India to play? What the Indian government will do will be a different issue. But what are the, what are the expectations of the people of Afghanistan from India? Okay, the post-withdrawal, um, I think, uh, will be a different uh, situation. So there is more room to have collaborations of our friends, uh, including India, as the largest democracy of the world. Um, we, we are expecting India backing Afghanistan democracy as the largest um, uh, donor of uh, Afghanistan in the region. We are expecting India to help Afghanistan development process so we can have more infrastructure, more jobs, more schools, more human resources to build Afghanistan, to rebuild Afghanistan. From the perspective of military, Afghanistan security forces definitely need India's help in intelligence, definitely help India's help in um, 
uh, equipments in ear bases that we definitely need. Uh, and another thing that I think is very important is that we need India's diplomacy to help Afghanistan. India can change the narrative. The narrative today is that Afghanistan is a war-torn country uh, with uh, people who are in need. We can change that narrative to the narrative that Afghanistan is a historical country with a long um, history of civilization and uh, very capable people and uh, and Taliban cannot cannot uh, maybe they can put a scratch on that face but they can destroy destroy the history of this country they cannot destroy the the face of the, this country they cannot destroy uh, women youth new generation defenders of democracy in the world we have to bring that narrative that Afghanistan is stay Afghanistan and has supporters like India and the people of India, the nation of India, the government of India are helping Afghan people towards prosperity. At the end, I wanted to say that uh, Afghanistan will be a peaceful country. We will go uh, towards prosperity and development and change. Uh, whatever we have right now are just a small barriers that we will remove with the help and support of our friends like India. Thank you. With this, we wish you all the very best. Namaskar.